So I know that they get a bad name, a bad rep, but there are some good Nepo babies, right? I have this whole paragraph. I made a list. Okay. So, yeah. So let's talk about some of our favorite Nepo babies well, in the film industry. First of all, I like Nepo babies. I don't necessarily I don't care what people say. I don't necessarily like the concept per se, but I think that they tend to sort of work themselves out. Like the bad ones generally don't. The people yeah, who aren't good I, at acting or, or at whatever they're good at, like generally don't sustain their careers. I just don't see the problem. Well, I mean, like, am I going to not hire a plumber because his dad was a plumber? No, I think it's the opposite. It's you're hiring the person because their dad was a plumber. Well, maybe I, maybe I just like the person. Maybe it doesn't matter That's if their dad saying. was a plumber. I feel like the people who who make it are the people who end up with sort of an independent fanhood. Get ready for this list. Okay, let's do it. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, Cage is the one that like sometimes people don't really. Know. He's like, well, he's like a major one. He's a major one that, if you know, you're like, yeah, duh, that's obvious. But if you don't know, you're like, wait a minute, what? George Clooney. Yeah. We and can we can we go through there? So obviously Nicholas Cage is related to Francis Ford Coppola. What is he, his nephew or something? Mm -hmm. And then who's what's what's Clooney's deal? Uh, Rosemary Clooney was his aunt. Aunt, right? And his dad was also, I think, involved in show business. Angelina Jolie. Yes, of her course. Her dad's John Voight. Carrie Fisher. Mm -hmm. Her mom was uh, Debbie Reynolds. Yes. And Carrie Fisher's daughter, uh, Billy Lord, was a standout in uh, Booksmart. Booksmart. Queen Liza Minnelli. Oh, yeah. That's another one. Where sometimes you sort of age out of being a Nepo baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's Judy Garland's daughter. Drew Barrymore of the of very the, famous Barrymore. Barrymore legacy. Uh, ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. Ben Stiller's another one where it's like we kind of grew up with him. Mm -hmm. But like Jerry Stiller was was a was a big deal. And well, he was in the comedy scene. Well, from the King of Queens. Yeah, of King course. of Queens. But you didn't really. It was almost like Jerry Stiller to me was Ben Stiller's dad because I saw the Ben right. Stiller stuff first, right. you know. So Jane Fonda. Yep. She's one that's aged out of being an Epo baby. Without a doubt. As far as public consciousness is concerned. Without a doubt. Her dad, Henry Fonda, was the star of eight. Crazy men. <laughs> no, not a crazy nice <laughs> twelve angry men. <laughs> twelve angry men. We're gonna talk eight crazy nights in this episode though. We will. Um Michael Douglas. Kirk's dad is Kirk, right? Um Marishka Hargitay. Yep, of uh SVU. Yep. Her dad or her mom uh was Jane Mansfield. Jeff Bridges. I hear just let me go through my list here. Okay. <laughs> Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Whose mom was uh, Minnie Ripperton, mm -hmm. who sang that song, Loving You is easy because you're beautiful. And at the end, <laughs> you can hear her talking to Maya, baby Maya at the oh, end yeah. of the song, which is cool. Uh, Laura Dern. Laura Dern's another one I feel like is kind of aged out because Bruce Dern is a little is is has aged out. And her mom's Diane Ladd. And her mom, yes, Diane Ladd. And mm -hmm. Laura Dern is just like. It, she's one of those people that's just now just independently famous. Right. Uh, Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. I always mm -hmm. forget about Ron Howard. Yep. And he had a Nepo baby himself, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. He did. Uh, how about the Scars Guards? All of them. All of Walter, them. Walter, all 12 of them. All of them. Because uh, their dad's Stellan. Yep. Who was a big spoiler in uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, he's also in Thor. He created what we know as the Stellan Scars Guard rule. Yep. 
Which if is, somebody shows up in a movie and you're like, this person's like, way, too, way famous. too famous to be in this role. They're the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Daniel Day Lewis actually is an Epo baby. I think I knew that. So like, this is the thing. I have a ton more. Oh like, yeah. There's, there's hundreds. But, and I'm not even going into the like, oh, Maya Hawk and Lily Rose Depp. Like I'm not doing that. We're talking Nepo babies like, from like 20 years classics. ago. Classics. Yeah. People that are legit famous right now that you did not know necessarily. Right. Or Nepo baby. That isn't, it's not like their defining characteristic. I didn't know Nepo. Daniel Day Lewis was. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. His of dad course. was famous. And he just did a movie about his dad. Right. So. Uh, the Gyllenhaals, Jake and Maggie. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. She's also on my list. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. Who's Diane Ross's, uh, Diana Ross's daughter. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Yep. His dad was famous. Uh, Jennifer Aniston's dad was very popular mm-hmm. in like the soap scene. Um. Jamie Lee Curtis, of course. Well, yeah, there's people like that, too, who are not necessarily their parents were famous actors, but like Jonah Hill and Beanie Feldstein, their dad was like a like a light guy or so. It was like like people yeah. that are connected to the film industry. Right. Um, although Jennifer Aniston's dad was an actor. No, I'm just saying at, as an aside, like also. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom was Janet Lee, psycho. Yes. Uh, Melanie Griffith, actually, is really? a Nepo baby, which means that. Our queen, Dakota Johnson, is a double Nepo, Nepo baby. Grandbaby. <laughs> yeah. Nepo grandbaby and a double Nepo baby. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Sigourney Weaver. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, Candace Bergen. Well, now we're going back. Oh, actually, I did know Candace Bergen because I read it in the Oscar Wars book, which is mm-hmm. behind me. Mm-hmm. She's a uh, fi- she's in the Five Timers Club of hosting SNL. Oh, really? Yep. The fight and miscongeniality. Uh... She actually was just on the episode with Emma Stone because Emma Stone joined the club. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Thompson actually is one. Yeah. See, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Of course, you got a famous Angelica Houston. Yeah. Whose dad, John Houston, was a very famous actor. Helen Hunt. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everybody. They're everywhere. Oh, you want to go TV? How about Mark Harmon? Mark Harmon. Oh, we're not we're not just talking TV with Mark Harmon. Oh no, I no, of course <laughs> not. We also have Freaky Friday. Yeah. Um, how about this one? Chris Pine. Yeah, wow. His dad, I think, was in chips. Yeah, and again, this is we're not talking Zoe Kravitz. We're not talking these people who are like We're not talking Zoe Kravitz, but we are talking Zoe De Chanel. Do you wow. know that her and her sister Emily are Nepo babies? Oh. How about oh, you want to go old school? How about Alan Alda? What about Nora Jones? Yeah, Nora Jones, Rafi <laughs> Shankar. uh Shankar's daughter. Yeah. We got a Joaquin Phoenix action over here. Yeah. He's kind of a Nepo sibling. Yeah. Um, And you could do Mark Wahlberg there, too, because Donnie Donnie. was famous first. Yeah. Uh, How about Josh Brolin? Dad James. That one I think I knew. You must, because his dad's famous. And then finally, we're going to go with a little Cher. I've got one for you, too. Uh, This is one of the ones that is like a a sort of a step removed, but... Mm -hmm. Actually, no, it's not. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, he is he, one. He's the nephew of the creator of Party of Five and the director of Leprechaun 2. Mm-hmm. That's why Timothy Chalamet should be in a remake of the Leprechaun movies. There you go. Like, let him let him be fun. Well, here's my thing. It's his legacy to be part of the Leprechaun series. If you're such a hater of Nepo Babies, like, you're telling me that you don't think Jane Fonda is, like, this big actress and it's not fair because she got her foot in the door early? I mean, listen, politics is, I know some people, my grandpa would not have, he'd been like, yeah, I hate Jane Bond. <laughs> but she has a Peabody. She has two Oscars. We just watched that video with her and Lily Tomlin yesterday. <laughs> she has, uh, she's got all kinds of stuff going on, all kinds of awards. She has a ton of golden, six Golden Globes. Like, this is just us. Set, this is just us setting up our children to become podcasters. <laughs> 
So I'm team Nepo baby or not. I'm not anti Nepo. I'm not anti Nepo baby. And, and we're going to talk about a king gonna, Nepo baby today. Yeah, we're leading into our Nepo baby family episode today. <laughs> so yeah. So hopefully you have come away with us with a different perspective on Nepo babies. And if not, whatever. <laughs> That's fine too. Yep. <laughs> Sports today. Big time sports day. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Tom. This is Baby's First Watch List covering a Can't Believe We Missed It movie this week. Yeah. Um, From it, the year I was born. Yeah, it's 1992's The Mighty Ducks. I've never seen it. Me either. Well, I've never we seen any Mighty Ducks adjacent. I remembered things. the animated series, which apparently was like barely around. I'll talk about that. But I remember the I remember what's his name, Wild Wing or whatever the the main <laughs> duck was. I remember like, oh, picture him in that head. Uh, this sports family movie was written by Stephen Brill, who's like super into the Mighty Ducks. Um, he also was the coach. Super into the Mighty Ducks. He like he, he made it. <laughs> yeah, well, he wanted to be the star. He did want to be the star, and he also just did the new show that came out. Like he's like. He, he's he's like really kind of weirdly obsessed he knows with the Mighty where, Ducks. He knows where his cash cow is. Um, well, I don't know because he also directed and co-wrote Little Nicky. Okay, another classic. He also directed Mr. Deeds. Another classic. And to get my second pop reference of the day in, he also directed Without a Paddle. Oh, I saw that in theaters. So did he because when we went to Universal Studios... Uh, him and my grandmom did not want to see the Princess Diaries to the royal engagement during a uh, rainy night, so they went to see Without a Paddle instead. Were they scarred by it? They liked it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was Dax Shepard, Seth Green, and yeah. there was somebody else, right? Yeah. Like Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big three right there. Well, they liked it. They were like, no, it was good. That legit is like the big three of like awkward white guys from the early 2000s. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so the movie The Mighty Ducks was directed by Stephen Herrick, who also did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. He did Mr. Holland's Opus. Okay. So he's got, he's got a little bit of, a little less prestige than Brill, I would say. He's but. also got some kind of like Emmy stuff going on with, uh, he directed Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Is that like Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat? So Dolly, no, Dolly Parton was like, she grew up super poor yeah. and her mom made her a coat. But it was out of all the scraps of things. Oh, so she took it as like a positive of making yeah. what you can out of you know. He, what dir- you have. he directed. It was a miniseries. Um, or TV I'm not movie? sure actually. It was an, it was TV. Okay. Um, it, it, I think it was probably a movie. Um, yeah, you don't know about Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors? No, I'm not really in the Parton verse. To you be got, honest, you got to get right in. She's so lovely. Um, the cinematographer Thomas Del Ruth is an Emmy winner times two. For cinematography for The West Wing. That's more than Jane Fonda or more than Lily Tomlin? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> more than Jane Fonda. Yeah, yeah. Lily Tomlin has, I think, six yeah. Emmys. Um, so, yeah, he did. He was a big cinematographer for The West Wing, which starred Emilio Estevez's dad. Right? Yeah. Martin Sheen's Martin. in it. Uh, and, of course, the Sandlot slash Matilda King, Thomas Newman of the Newmans, oh, man. did the music. Which I should have no. guessed. No, he didn't. Oh, I thought he did. David Newman. Oh, sorry. Thomas David. Newman did Wally. David Newman. Just, I was like, I think we just I did I am Thomas so Newman. sorry, Tom, oh my God. David. We're known for, for our hard-hitting factual accuracy on this podcast. Whatever. It's so. one of the Newmans, and it wasn't Randy. We'll do with that what you will. Yeah. Starring Emilio Estevez, Lane Smith, and a young uh, and young stars, 
Joshua Jackson before uh, his Dawson's Creek days. Danny Tamborelli oh. before his Adventures of Pete and Pete slash All That days. Mm, I think Pete and Pete was before this. Oh, it was, was. it in 91? I don't know. He looked like a baby in this uh, movie. I'm, I'm verifying. Maybe it was during the It Pete started and Pete in days. 91. Oh, well, it was at the height of his Adventures yes, of yes, Pete and Pete days. Um, Jesse Smollett before um, his days, his empire days, we're going to say. <laughs> and Tamborelli had yet to be slimed at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, and many others. And this movie was set in Minnesota. It was also filmed on site in Minnesota, which is pretty cool. And it was released in October 1992. So you were just a little baby. I was a wee lad. And I was a little older. I was younger than our son is now. I was like, I'm almost one. And they were like, whoa, you talk? <laughs> <laughs> you know the concepts? You know numbers? Um, so... <laughs> So with what isn't but what felt like a weirdly long runtime of 104 minutes. Well, quick comment on the runtime. It's because they kept doing the same over and part over of the story over. over and over again. <laughs> okay, we get it. Um, the Mighty Ducks was a success at the box office. It made $50.8 million on a $14 million budget. Um, it also was a big success with home video rentals, but I don't trust w what Wikipedia said about it. Okay. Because they were like... <laughs> what do you think? Stephen Brill put it into Wikipedia? It was like Home Video Magazine said that... Or, or Video Weekly Magazine in 1992 said that they got $54 million from home video sales. Okay, but it was released in October 1992. So there's simply no way because it wasn't released to... VHS until 1993 which I researched and it was also in like literally the next paragraph so I don't trust that so to any of our listeners who don't know that Aaron is an English teacher you can tell the consider your sources uh th that Aaron practices what she preaches yeah exactly <laughs> um so I just said here it was a big success on home video rentals it was I think that's probably fine I think that's probably how most of our friends saw it like <laughs> yeah nobody... I'm sure well they weren't watching it exactly in the movies. That, that's what I'm saying it did not do as well critically. It has a uh, sub 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ebert gave it two, I think, which is it's fair. fair. Um, but audiences liked it much more. Yeah. And so when you pull audiences, they gave it a much higher rating. Which that also tracks. Yeah. Um, it's a crowd pleaser for sure. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, two sequels, D2 The Mighty Ducks and D3 The Mighty Ducks uh, were released. Why did they do that? Name it like that? Yeah. I don't know. I find that strange. Um, as well as an animated series in the 90s that you referred to. Um, do we know how long that ran for? Yeah, we do. Two years. Oh, I thought it was even shorter than that. Uh, 97 to 98, I think okay. it was. And a live action series just a few years ago, which also was canceled after two seasons. Uh, the animated series. Gotta keep the legacy going. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, an an the animated series contained a sci-fi angle with anthropomorphic hockey they player They were real ducks. ducks, yeah. They were ducks that played hockey. Yeah. Um, here's some of the cast. Ian Ziering from Beverly Hills 90210. He spells his name Ian, but okay. it's pronounced Ian, just okay. so you know. Ian Eagle, the sports commentator, does too. There you go. Well, how about that for a name? Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Brad. Or, e or Eagle. Or Eagle. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Brad Garrett. Uh, always. I feel like he's in every like old 80s and 90s animated show that you uh, didn't. Guess who else was? Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. He was like go. the main one of the main villains. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Franz. Yes. Of NYPD Blue fame. And Jim Belushi. Wow. That's a good cast. All provided Disney, voices. Disney ponied up for that cast. Yeah. 
in the Disney Plus show, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, um, that was developed by Brill, Stephen Brill, the writer of the original movie. I am the Mighty Ducks. It starred Lauren Graham and Emilio Estevez, who uh, in the show was now, quote, the despondent owner of a low-level ice rink. <laughs> so, um, a year after the film, Disney bought an NHL hockey team. I got the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. I got some on that later. And they were around from 1993 until 2006. Yes. The, there is a team called the Anaheim Ducks now, but they are not owned by Disney. They were sold. Yep. There is also uh, a podcast dedicated to the series called The Quack Attack. That's not surprising. I have like a super quick NJ connection. Yeah, let's do it. So three of the players, including Danny Tamborelli. DT. They're from New Jersey. Yes. So you don't get the Mighty Ducks, the team, or the movie without good old New Jersey. And we have a close to New Jersey connection. What is it? That the goalie's from Philly. Yeah. And he always references all these Philly things that yeah. we know. He was. What was the shirt he was wearing? He wore an Eagles shirt. He wore an Eagles shirt, but then he wore oh, it was a Pat Stakes. Yeah, Pat Stakes, which <laughs> like is the most very, touristy. Very clearly, the person was yes, not from Philly. Absolutely, <laughs> he never would have had a. It would have been like a tasty cake. <laughs> it would have been yeah, tasty cake. Maybe you even get into the boost. Uh, how about a tag of boost? That would have been pretty cool. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> so, so that means when you're th- when you're thinking the Mount Rushmore of New Jersey, you're thinking uh, Shaquille O'Neal. You're thinking like Queen Latifah. Jack Nicholson, DeVito, one of the other candidates has to be Danny Tamborelli. Well, he was, for us, very yeah. much a Nickelodeon king. Yeah, figure it out. All, was he on all that? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So he did, like, all those, like, shows. He did all, like, the little shows that they would do, the little presentation shows. Yeah. Anybody anybody who grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s, you probably know DT. You definitely do. So there you go. Um, give us your synopsis. I'm uh, scared. Um, it's very, it's very, same brief. Thing it's over very, and very over brief again. because most of the movie is the same thing over and over again, same thing over and over again. Gordon Bombay played by Emilio Estevez is a hotshot lawyer and he's haunted by memories of his childhood when as the star player in his champion hockey team, he lost the winning goal in a shootout, thereby losing the game and the approval of his coach. It was also sort of intertwined with the fact that his dad had passed away and sort of that's mm-hmm. hanging over him for his whole life. And now, you know, as a lawyer, he's win at any means uh, you know win at all costs and being mean mean to people and uh he's a very slimy defense lawyer Mm -hmm. um after being charged for drunk driving the court orders him to coach a peewee hockey team they actually they actually um ordered him to do 500 hours of community service and he ended up coaching a hockey team uh the worst in the league gordon is at first very reluctant because the kids are just awful he just wants to win 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 uh you know, he, he, he tries to take some of the sort of strategies from his old coach who he ends up facing. You know, Cheating. The Hawks crushed them 17 nothing mm-hmm. in the first game. Uh, eventually, he gains the respect of the kids and teaches them how to win, gaining a sponsor on the way in the form of his boss, Mr. Ducksworth, mm-hmm. and giving the team the name of the Ducks. Of course, they go through their trials and tribulations. They sneak into the playoffs. They make the playoffs. And who do they face in the finals but the Hawks? And I did not like know how they made the playoffs. Neither did they. We didn't see them win a single game before they made the right. playoffs. Before that's the, so that bizarre. last game. Uh, in the finals, they face Gordon's old team, coached by Gordon's old coach, giving Gordon a chance to face old ghosts. And, of course, the Mighty Ducks come out on top. They win. Yep. So, again, very brief summary. 
That's good. That honestly, that's like pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, there was like Hans was in the movie. Oh yeah, that was like remember, his old mentor guy. One of my questions was, what is the point of Hans in the movie? No idea. <laughs> and then I just put, remember him? Yeah, barely. <laughs> he's like the the. He's got like a very pronounced chin. He's the connection from Gordon to his dad because like he knew his dad and. Yeah, kind of like that father figure. He was there when everything happened. He has all the newspaper clippings. He's like a go all dude obsessed with the Mighty Ducks. Well, maybe that town. that provided inspiration for Gordon to then be a mentor to uh, Charlie. And then also to date Charlie's mom. Oh, yeah. He dates Charlie's mom. <laughs> Good for them, you know? Yeah, whatever. That's um, fine. Yeah. And there's like the same, they show the same like three fans over and over again. Yeah. And it's her. It's Hans is in it a couple times and in the crowd. And then it's the, the like two guys' dad. The dad of uh, Jussie Smollett and. The guy uh, from the Sandlot. The guy from the Sandlot. The pitcher from the Sandlot. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this has a very kind of. Um, reminiscent of other movies kind of premise which is bad guy forced to become a coach and discovers the true meaning of teamwork yes what are some other movies that you've seen or that you know that have that storyline can we can we parlay this into a sort of why do they keep making movies with this concept sure thing so okay so we have a few right off the top that we already talked about off mic which are um eight crazy nights yeah. Which we've talked about where Adam Sandler, literally his character, it's an animated movie. His character gets literally charged with drunk, drunk driving. Yeah. And ordered to coach, uh, is he coach a basketball team or he just has to do he's some. He's a ref, I he's think. He's a ref. He's a ref. And he ends up the same thing, learning the spirit of Hanukkah, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, we have Champions, which came out in 2023. With- which it's kind of funny because the Mighty Ducks was called Champions, I think, in Australia. It was. It was, uh, and I think that Michael Eisner said the original title for D2 was uh, D2, The Champions. There you go. Um, now, talk about a too-long movie. Champions, Champions way too my long. lord. Woody Harrelson, Caitlin Olsen from uh, Always Sunny, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the same thing. He has to coach, a, he has to coach a, a basketball team and learn the spirit of treating people the right way. It's cute. It is. It's fine. They're all, all of, I mean, Eight Crazy Nights is what it is, but. <laughs> uh, That's a technical foul. Yeah, there's, go listen to our, or don't. Yeah, we did a, We did an episode bother. on Eight Crazy don't Nights. Bother. It made Baby's First Watch List. <laughs> like every movie has so far. <laughs> that was, that was, you know, tentative. But it happened. Yeah, that's because we're running with the concept of every movie. Exactly. <laughs> also, Hardball. 2001's okay. Hardball. Sort of a lesser seen Keanu Reeves movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, like, I feel like everybody who's seen it knows exactly, like, they're, like, the big papa scene. Yeah. Uh, the G-Baby. Mm-hmm. Spoilers of Spoilers. In Hardball. Um, but, yeah, no, it's 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 good. It's another one where he has to coach a, a, a baseball team. It's, like, inner city Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he needs to learn how to not be a, a, a mean guy. Yep. And it's good. Hardball's good. Watch Hardball. You don't need to know the the spoiler doesn't matter. I have never seen it. Really? Yeah. I saw it in theaters. I was nine. I was way too young for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know though, you know. I went with my cousin. Okay. And so those are the ones that I have. But do you have any? Do you have others? No, I just okay. feel like every movie's like that. Well, when I looked up the Roger Ebert review, he he mentioned that. So those are all after mm-hmm. Mighty Ducks. Ebert, when he wrote his original review in 1992, mentioned. Th- Four other movies that have the exact same well, plot. There you go. Baseball, Bad News Bears. Yep. Football, Wildcats. Okay. Basketball, Hoosiers. Oh. And even hockey, Youngblood. So there there's been, this has been like decades of this exact same plot. 
in all these different movies. Why is that? Well, that's a, that's the real question. Why do you think that this storyline is so compelling? Well, I think part of it is we like watching charismatic people like get taken down a peg and then brought back up mm-hmm. because we like a redemption story. We like a redemption story. We like an underdog story. Yeah. So when all, the team's bad to start, but there's potential, like we like that. Yeah. And then I think we also like to see like kind of guys that are, or gals that are tough, but with a heart of gold. Also, none of these are women. No, of course now not. Now that I'm realizing. <laughs> um, like they're, they're tough guys and they have flaws, but underneath it all they're really nice that i think that's like a a common thing well and i think the ones that work better are the ones that cast the actors that can show that a little bit better like a crazy nights adam sandler has the capability of it but the movie is just so mean-spirited that it doesn't really right it doesn't really land as much but like hardball and champions like keanu and and woody harrelson Harrelson, at, at least keanu for sure like i feel like is a good guy i don't know like enough about woody harrelson to say one way or the other but like Keanu Reeves, as far as I know, everyone who's ever said any word about him like says he's a sweetheart. So like you can mm-hmm. see that underneath the surface of him playing a rougher character who's like a gambling addict, like whatever he is in that movie. Right. Um, and then, I mean, Bad News Bears, I'm thinking of the remake with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, wasn't the original uh, the, the Burt Reynolds? Um, no, that's The Longest Yard, oh. which is similar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad, the original Bad News Bears was... Walter Matthau, okay, who I don't know that much from, but I think he was in Grumpy Old Men. King, but yeah, no, I think a lot of it is is just that it's it's that we like our star, we want our star to succeed, and the kids. If there's the, always cute kids, there's cute precocious. Kids, some of them are are better actors than others, of course. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in this one, there's like a a never ending squad of kids. Like I couldn't name all the Mighty Ducks. In this yeah, movie. I don't know. Like, there's like twelve of them. Yeah. And at least in a movie like Hardball, like they focus on like five kids. Yeah, here they were like like everyone had like one line. <laughs> yeah, and then there's there was the figure skater girl who came in. Oh, who is she? Who are you? Tammy. Her name was Tammy. <laughs> and I think her brother was Tommy. I think it was Tammy oh, and Tommy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's like what? And then there was Connie. I'm like, what's Connie doing? It, it's here? very backyard sports. Yeah. Backyard football, backyard yeah. baseball. Soccer. Um, so does this film deserve its dismal critical reception? If you're coming at it from a perspective of this movie's doing absolutely nothing new and there are other movies, it's not even like it's reinventing something or bringing something back. Like it was probably one in a slew of these types of movies that came out at the same exact time that wasn't as good as say the Sandlot or wasn't as like well received as like the Sandlot or even like an older one, like a, like a more mature one, like field of dreams or something like that. Like it's, not doing anything new and it's coming after all these other movies that have done the exact same thing. So I could see that, but watching it in isolation, I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. I think that Estevez is good. Uh, he does a good job playing both sides of mm-hmm. both sides of the character. Um, Even the ki- though the lawyer stuff is so fake. The lawyer stuff is hilarious. Uh, but the good, the good, the kids are good too. They are good. You know, like they are good. They don't like necessarily knock it out of the park, but like no, every, but every everybody hits their hits their points. They mm-hmm. hit their plot beats. They're they're good in their roles. We have um, Foggy Nelson from the Daredevil Netflix series in here as the big kid with the uh, that shoots through the car windows. Yeah, uh, everybody plays their part, and I think it was done pretty well. I agree. I don't have any any like real issues with the movie. I don't think it's good. No, I mean I mean it's not like you're gonna be like, oh my god, you gotta watch the Mighty Ducks. It's so good, right? But it's cute. Yeah, and it's 
it's inoffensive. Like it's not. Actually, I think I think there's multiple people listening to this that are going to be like, no, no, the Mighty Ducks is so good. <laughs> it's not, but like that's fine. Like you can think that. Yeah. And then guess what? Then you can wear the jersey and it's cool. The jerseys are cool. The jerseys are really. I cool. love those like green jerseys. They're they were green, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're first of all, they were really expensive. You could tell. Yeah. Like Ducksworth, he put Ducksworth is a not, lot of money into it because he wanted to frame it and hang it in his office. Yeah, he framed it, and I'm like, they haven't won a single game. Like, what are you doing? Shows how out of touch he is. But maybe it also shows that he. Um, I mean, I don't know. Also, green is the like color of money. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but I liked that color. Me too. I thought it looked good. Um. So yeah, does it deserve its bad critical reception? No. Yeah, probably. No, but- no, no. I really, I really don't think it does. I, I don't think it deserves what, like twenty three or whatever. No, I know. I think it would be more of a fifty percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, what do you think then is the best thing about this movie, and what do you think is the worst thing about this movie? The worst thing about this movie, I'm gonna start there, because you want to lead with negativity and build with positivity, like oh, this movie okay. does. Uh. I'm going to say that the the worst part about this movie is the fact that they keep saying the same things over and over again the entire Very movie. repetitive. They keep talking about the the shot that he missed and like the fact that his dad passed away and the fact that like it's just it's just nonstop every They t- show it and then they tell it and yeah. they tell somebody else. Yeah. I'm like okay. Yeah, it's it's the sh- uh, show don't tell but it's this is show and tell and, and show tell and tell. Like <laughs> Uh, that was like it was like why are we doing this again? Why does he have to say the whole story again to Charlie after he talked to Hans about the entire story already fifteen minutes ago? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I will say that the best thing is honestly I love Emilio Estevez in this. He's really good. He's great. He has so much Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen in him. He looks just like his dad. Some of his uh, Charlie Sheen actually was offered the role first, mm. and he said no. Which Charlie Sheen would have played the earlier the earlier gordon bombay very well yes. i'm not so sure about the later <laughs> the, the reformed version <laughs> but yeah. uh but he emilio estevez in this i think he's got he's got the heart because you know we you see him in breakfast club you see him in those types of movies and you could tell he's got he's a good actor mm-hmm. and this is a movie that doesn't call for that much but he adds more into it than i think most actors would have mm-hmm. he's probably my favorite part of the movie and i like the hockey scenes yeah that's good to me, yeah, the worst part of the movie is that it's just, like, the same thing over and over again. And that's, like, it gets, like, super repetitive. But I like the, how 90s it is. Yeah. It's very much of the time. And I love the outfits. And I... You loved uh, the mom, uh, Charlie's mom's hat. That was a terrible hat. <laughs> it's, like, this red, like, bowler kind of. So bad. Like, for no reason. She wears it, like, three times. <laughs> and I like... I like a movie that like became a franchise. Like oh, that's fun. I love that. This is the only movie, right, that has ever spawned something like that. I mean, I don't know. Eisner said this was market research for a hockey team that they were planning on making. It was so cool. Beforehand. So he was like, "All right, we'll put out a hockey movie. Just see how it does, and then sort of we'll go from there." Yeah, well, it worked, and yeah. I liked it. I have more about again. I have more about that later. I actually have two questions left. Okay. Why do you think you missed this movie as a kid? I missed this movie as a kid because I grew up in a house where I was the youngest by 10 years. Mm. So everything that my, my parents and my brother weren't exactly in touch with what the kids of 1996, 1997 were watching the kids, kids. Cause my brother was like 15, 16. So 
I didn't really watch this. I wasn't into much live action stuff either. Mm. I was watching a lot of Cartoon Network and a lot of Nickelodeon. I guess at that time, like Nick Jr.-ish type stuff. Where I never really got exposed to this. I was more exposed to, um, in the movie vein, I was watching more Disney stuff. More like uh, a little bit of Lion King, like Little Mermaid. Like, the, like stuff that I didn't really watch until, again, until I was way older. I land before time. I watched a lot of around mm-hmm. that time period. I wasn't really watching like even when I got a little bit older, I wasn't watching the Disney Channel stuff. I just wasn't really into live action stuff when I was younger. Yeah. Um and my I think part of that is probably because my parents and my brother were so much older than me that I I mean obviously my parents were older than me, but <laughs> like I wasn't growing up with a certain Yeah. like the same stuff that everybody else was watching. Mm-hmm. Which is probably for better and worse. Yeah, sure. You know, because I missed a lot of the, a lot of the jokes, a lot of the references from a lot of these movies that we're sort of catching up on. Even like Princess Diaries, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. That I feel like I probably should have known a while ago. Yeah, and had seen a while ago because everyone's seen like those types of movies. But this is one of those things for me that slipped through the cracks, and I'm glad I came back and watched it. Yeah, me too. Because I liked I liked hockey even like when I was ten, eleven. And I always liked the idea of the Mighty Ducks. And I was like, why Anaheim? Like, why are the angels in Anaheim too? Like, what's going on here? But um, I never really went back to the source. Yeah. I think I missed it. I don't know why. Because I watched all that kind of stuff. Maybe because I thought that the, like, when I was around the age to start watching it, that's when the show, animated show was out. Yeah. And I thought the ducks were weird. And so I was like, why would I watch the movie? I think that's <laughs> probably why. I well, I'm gonna be honest. I thought that it was a. I thought that the Mighty Ducks movie was animated, for a long there time. There you go. Well, then I might have thought that too. And why would I want to watch that? I also didn't realize. I just looked it up now that I thought about it. I never knew that the Anaheim Angels were also owned by Disney. Makes sense. Angels in the outfield. Yeah, they weren't created by Disney, but they took control of the team in 1997. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, my last question. What is the funniest or most iconic thing about this movie? Okay. You know what we're going to talk about here, A limo driver. So, (laughs) Gordon Bombay's chauffeur, Mm -hmm. he's in, like, the first scene when they go go out onto the the ice lake with the kids when he, like, sees how bad they are at hockey. And And just some random guy. He's just some random dude. And he doesn't... Maybe he did. Maybe he was around for the whole movie. But I didn't notice him again until... They were at the Dallas Stars Stadium. Yeah. Which they just randomly took a trip to Dallas with all these kids from Minnesota. So weird. <laughs> um, and he's just there sitting on the <laughs> ice with them, like in a chair on the ice with them. And then he's in the rest of the movie. I got so confused. He's like cheering with them. He's he's like slipping on the ice. Like he's tackling. He's wearing like a leather jacket. He's yeah, pouring ice he- on Emilio Estevez's character. Yeah, he's what giving him the Gatorade do- bath. What are you doing here? We don't know who you are. Like, he's not funny. He's no, not... he doesn't have his own, like, scenes or jokes. There's or... no, like, catch, catchy thing he the, said. The only joke was when he was, like, body slamming the one kid outside the limo. <laughs> um, when, they were all, when they were all, like, brawling. Yeah, like, okay. But then he didn't appear for another hour. Yeah, or at least he didn't make his presence felt for, like, another hour. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, like, dance. I'm like, what? But anyway, that guy's iconic. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, no. I got to find this actor real quick. Because I'm like wondering like, oh, was he like a comedian? I didn't recognize him. I have no idea who this man is. Let's see. 
can't I can't even see him on the I don't even see him on the <laughs> Who is this? Is is it Lewis? I don't know. He's just this mysterious man. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. The Quack Attack podcast, which we mentioned earlier, uh had a whole had a whole segment about whether Lewis the driver was on drugs. <laughs> oh my god. Uh oh so the actor's name is MC Ganey. I know okay. him from he was in Tangled, uh Django Unchained. I know him from Lost. Okay. He was on Lost. He was in Con Air. He was in Sideways. He's a, just a character actor. Okay, well what why was he there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but Mighty Ducks was one of his earlier roles. There you go. So without Mighty Ducks, we may not have seen him in Sideways and Tangled and Lost. Okay. Um yeah, so he's by far the most iconic part of this movie. Easily. <laughs> that and the green jerseys. Yeah, they're so cool. All right. So we had a we had a question request. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we're not we're not like well, super well versed in sports movies in general. Mm-mm. But we were asked the question basically like to go through our favorite chants or slogans or like, we can open it up to quotes uh from sports movies. So if we're going to open it up to quotes or whatever, some of them, like this one is the quack, the quacking. Yeah. Quack, 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 quack. Yeah, it was pretty stupid. Yeah, it was. And there's like some of the stuff from like Remember the Titans. Yeah. And uh, Shake It. We are the Titans. Yes. The Mighty Mighty Titans. Mm -hmm. We have Shake and Bake. Yeah. From Talladega Talladega Nights. Which might be my favorite. Yeah. Wasn't there one in Blades of Glory too? Mm, maybe Did any, does anyone remember blades of glory i saw it i saw it too i uh, didn't love mm, it no um what about like rocky drinking the eggs that's a great like trope <laughs> but it's not a slogan no uh wax on wax off oh yeah karate kid yeah that's that, a good one that's up there for me because just because i want to give cobra kai a shout out um what else you're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crap thunder from rocky that's one of the quotes okay no that's not a slogan <laughs> i said our quotes that's the whole point of opening up the quotes because I don't know if I have that many slogans. Um, yeah. So, what are your favorites? Um, I don't really know. Shake and bake's good. Shake and bake is perfect. Because First, you shake it, and then you gotta bake it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great because it, it sort of symbolizes their breakup too. Yeah. In Talladega Nights. Yep. It's it like weirdly has a connection to the plot and the. I mean, Talladega Nights is like my favorite movie. I don't know what you're. It's saying weirdly. It's one of the best. Definitely one of the best sports movies of all time. It's so good. As I, well, as I just said, I haven't seen that many sports movies. <laughs> the most iconic one is If You Build It, He Will Come. He Will Come. Yeah. From Field of Dreams. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? And it ends up being this weird thing. Yeah. His, his dad is like an old Very baseball player. Very existential. Yeah. Kind of magical realism. And then there's like weirdly like all these like communist subplots. Yeah. Which- Remember that? Field of Dreams is a weird one. <laughs> That's a weird movie. Um, yeah, we got just a bit outside from Major League. He says it like 10 times when All they're right. like getting destroyed. That's fair. Um, How about like a miracle when Kurt Russell says like, go out there and take it yeah. at the end? That's pretty, it's an iconic speech. Yeah. Any Given Sunday has an iconic speech by Pacino. There you go. Um, there's no crying in baseball. Oh yeah, League of Their Own. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah, how about um, uh, anything from the Sandlot, like for 
ever. That's probably a slogan. That counts as a slogan, I think. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I must break you. Oh yeah. Um, Drago. I'm gonna say the uh, one of my favorites. This is gonna be the when it plays on TBS version of this quote. Okay. The Price is Wrong, geek. <laughs> when yeah. Adam Sandler punches yeah. Bob Barker in that's, Happy Gilmore. That's pretty good. Yeah, so that that's that's a few. We feel free to add your own if you have any because like I said, we're not the biggest like sports movie aficionados, but hey, that's part of the reason for this podcast. Yeah. That's why we're picking movies that we haven't seen before like this sometimes. That's right. And what else do we have? I think that's all my questions cuz the Nepo baby question was we ended up putting Perfect. up top. So, yeah, I have a couple of things I have. Just oh, what about bring it on? Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Bring, what, they don't say bring it on. That's what they say, right? No, she goes, bring it. And then the other girl was like, I always do. Something like that. Yeah. So bring it on is not even in the no. movie. I like when they say it because then I'm like yeah, the Leonardo like, DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood meme. Uh, I just have a couple notes. I wrote kid with the leather jacket has a great fit. I think that was Peter. Peter. He has. He's. Maybe the honestly the costume designs in this movie overall really really good really good. There's a lot of great outfits in this movie. Very um and the red hat motley crew of kids. You yeah. know, you the one kid has a, like a bandana like it's a whole whole big thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I also remember why did the driver randomly show back up an hour <laughs> in? Oh, we didn't talk about the Hawks coach at all. He's iconic. Oh, I love him. He is telling his team to go hurt the other team. He's from uh, it, uh my cousin Vinny. He's the oh DA. yeah, he's the DA. Yeah, so I mean that guy, he's he's out of control. How many coach there? How many coaches out there are like that? A lot. Well, yeah, obviously he's turned up to eleven version of. Honestly, I feel like he's like an evil twin of your dad. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like your dad would be that intense. My but... dad was more of an assistant coach vibe. Okay, Mickey. No, well, Mickey, Mickey played. For, no, it was Ed. Uh, oh, okay. I feel like he's probably a, a good version of. <laughs> he's that intensity, but but good good intentions <laughs> we've all all us sports people have had coaches like that yeah where they're where while the ducks are chanting quack 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 he's chanting win 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 yeah and then it's like it's not a real win unless it's a blowout yeah he's like we don't want to when they're when they're up like six nothing he's like that's not good enough we should be crushing them <laughs> they win 17 nothing yeah uh that guy's great he reminds me of martin cove uh um from cobra Kai. sensei crease from Karate Kid, sweep the leg, all that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Hawks coach is, is amazing. Martin Cove of Dancing with the Stars fame. Yeah, he was like one of the first. Was he the first one that got yeah. <laughs> voted off? Yes. <laughs> Good for him, man. You're there. They see you. Okay, yeah. bye. We, we got to do the Karate Kid. We got to do Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, we're gonna actually going to start next week <laughs> on our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I do love Karate Kid, though. We should watch it. Yes. I, wrote- I saw most of it. I also wrote, why didn't they just do the flying V every time? Yeah, tush push vibes. Because we didn't really talk about the flying V. Exactly. So they all just line up in a V and then they just pass the ball back, pass the puck back and forth to each other and then they score in the final. Like, why did they just do that every time? Why didn't they have more plays? Because they stunk. And every time they ran a play, they scored. Yeah. And including the play that was just. Uh, Tammy stands in a circle and, and, and spins, spins around, around and, and they, then they all get distracted. And then, but not only, not only did they get distracted, it's not like they get distracted and then they pass it to the other side. No, she then scores. They pass it to her. Yeah. <laughs> and she scores. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really make sense because they're staring at her. Yeah. And she scored. But 
yeah. So I've I actually know the real answer, which is in real hockey, it's illegal because you can't check people who don't have the puck. So when they're like attacking the other people that are trying to get the puck, that's not legal. Got it. It's a penalty. But if they didn't get called for it here, so why don't they try it over and over again? I don't see why not. Maybe they do in the sequels. All right. Roger Ebert, as I mentioned, gave it two stars out of four. He says, he's ahead of his time on this one, as always. The Mighty Ducks is the kind of movie that might have been written by a computer program. It tells a story that has been told time and time and time again about the misfit coach who was handed a team of kids who are losers and turns them into winners while redeeming himself. I actually disagree with Ebert on that because they're not losers. Like he's, They don't start they as losers. They just haven't won yet. They haven't won yet. <laughs> Even the usual supporting characters are here. The opposing coach who persecuted the hero when he was a kid. The kid who has a divorced mother that the hero falls in love with. The tough rebel kid who only needs to channel his anger. He also says, The screenplay by Stephen Brill leaves nothing to chance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is not a single surprise in the film. Not even one small one to show he's a good sport. (laughs) We march in lockstep past the obligatory flashbacks to Estevez's own childhood when an evil coach made him feel worthless after he missed an important shot. Of course, the same villain is now coaching the opponents mm-hmm. of the Ducks. There are more obligatory stops on the way to the end. All leads to the big playoff games. No prizes for predicting which team wins or whether everything depends on a big final shot or which coach makes a stirring speech about how it doesn't matter so much whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. It must be said that this movie is sweet and innocent and that at a certain level it might appeal to younger kids. I doubt if its ambitions reach much beyond that. Mm. Which is true. Yep. Which is, yeah, that's fine. He's about it's a, right. It's a Disney movie. Yep. There's no, I don't think there's any, any disrespect there. Maybe a little bit, but I have just three trivias. Tom's top three trivia today. Okay. I have, so Adam Banks, who's the kid from the Hawks who comes over to the um, Ducks because they like misdrew the residency for where each player gets to, what gets mm-hmm. to play. He's often referred to as a cake eater. Yeah. Uh, especially by the, the, uh, the pitcher from the Sandlot. Mm-hmm. This term is actually well-known throughout Minnesota, and it refers to people who live in the city of Adena, a suburb of Minneapolis. A cake eater is saying a person is so rich they can have their cake and eat it too. Mm. It also implies that the city wins so many tournaments they always take the cake. There you go. So the, he's like a star. His parents are more well-off than the kids that are on the on the ducks. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's a cake eater. I didn't realize a gerrymandering would be in this movie. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The original script was darker and emphasized Gordon Bombay's drinking. This is why his name is a combination of the two famous gin brands, Gordon and Bombay. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It is a good movie name. It is a really good movie name. At the first, in the beginning, we were like, that's, it's like, seems kind of racist. Yeah. Because his last name is like Bombay, India. Mm-hmm. But I can see them coming from the gin standpoint. Yeah, sure. Especially knowing where the movie came from. And even the fact, even where it's at with him getting a DUI, like it, it kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. And finally... The courtroom scenes filmed in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Is that Charlie St. Cloud? Yeah. Were dressed up to give it a more hockey feel, which included adding small black circles that looked like hockey pucks near the ceiling architecture. Mm. And instead of taking stuff like that down, they kept the yeah, well, courthouse. Yeah, I would too. They kept the courthouse like Why that. Why not? Casting. So for Connie, who ended up being Marguerite Moreau, who was, uh, if you've seen What Hot American Summer, she was in that. She's been in some stuff. Uh, Juliette Lewis was considered oh, for that cool. role. Uh, that would be two years before Cape Fear, which mm. she was nominated for, right? Uh, I think so. Charlie, this is this is the this is a big a big role. This is a big what if here. Jake Gyllenhaal 
was unknown at the time and he auditioned but his parents wouldn't let him do it Aww. and uh joshua jackson beat out actively beat out leonardo dicaprio for this role joshua jackson was good in this yeah he was yeah but I, I think it's hilarious that like, it wasn't like a lot of them were like, oh, this person was considered right, right, or this right. person had the role and dropped out. It's like, no, Joshua Jackson. He won. One on one face off. We're going with our hockey references. Shoot out. He beat Leonardo DiCaprio. Good for him. Where's this man's Oscar? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and finally, Gordon, uh, Charlie Sheen declined. Stephen Burrell, as we mentioned, requested to play him. And Disney was like, nah. We don't know you, bro. <laughs> and Bill Murray was considered a team too old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He would have been fine in yeah. this type of role, yeah. but, but too old. And finally, I have my deep dive, which is I watched part of a just last year, I guess for the 20 ish anniversary, <laughs> uh, they did an E60 on the Mighty Ducks. Oh, cool. Um, it was called Mighty Ducks Once Upon a Time in Anaheim. So I watched a little bit of it and I did a little bit more of uh, some independent research. So here's the story. I love the story of the the movie that became a franchise, especially like being a big sports fan. So the current NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman said that the day before he became commissioner, the NHL awarded a franchise to a team in Miami, which became the Florida Panthers and to Disney who would create the mighty ducks of Anaheim. And this was two months after the mighty ducks movie came out Mm -hmm. and was doing really well. They paid $50 million for the franchise, half of which went to the Los Angeles Kings because they were sharing the Southern California market with them, which I found interesting too. There was a big press conference when they unveiled the name. Goofy showed up. Oh, Goofy was there? He had a giant hockey puck, and they he took a, like a big photo op with Michael Eisner with the giant hockey puck. They announced that they would play at the pond in Anaheim, like the duck pond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eisner also led the entire audience in a synchronized duck call. <laughs> okay. So there was a reaction to this in the media, and here are some of the headlines from around the country, or actually from around the continent. The Montreal Gazette headline was the mighty what the orange county registers headline was nickname idea already ruffles feathers Mm. and the calgary heralds was the day hockey died oh that's a little (laughs) intense well i mean their team name is the flames of course they're intense oh my gosh their first game started strong with a 20-minute pregame show that was sort of like a Disney on Ice type thing. I love that. And it cost around $450,000. As it should. <laughs> Not only did they lose the game to the Stanley Cup contender Detroit Red Wings 7-2, but they also lost the Iceman. Who's the Iceman? Who's the Iceman? He was one of their mascots along with the Wild Wing. But this one was just a guy. He was dressed in like glitter, thick face paint... Dark sunglasses and a hat decorated with these like phony ice crystals. He had bejeweled jeans and skates. Since he couldn't skate, he had spiked tennis shoes instead. And it was like a total disaster. At the pregame, he emerged from like a futuristic looking machine that they said was a prop from Disneyland. Probably from like the Tomorrowland or whatever. Uh, is that a thing in Disneyland? Mm-hmm. And he came out to whip the crowd into a frenzy, have them blow into their complimentary duck calls to bring out Wild Wing from the rafters. So like they did the whole thing and then it was to call out the other mascot. But I don't get it. Throughout the game, he struggled singing, talking, and playing his guitar because the sound system screwed up. <laughs> uh, and because of how badly the Mighty Ducks started losing, he got booed by the fans and he was let go after the game. <laughs> I kind of love him. He did a, uh, I didn't write it here, he did an interview with, I think, the Orange County Register in like 2014. And it was the first time that he had ever like revealed his identity. And he just said like, it was like, he's just like a regular performer. It's like was a like, gig. This was just my one thing I did for... You know, he's like, every time I ride past the stadium, I give it the middle finger. <laughs> but he, he is a good sport about it, obviously, That's 20 so years later. That's so fun. 
Yep. Yeah, uh, the season went pretty roughly too. Although the Ducks were like reasonably competitive, they were expected to be the worst team in the league along with the Panthers, obviously. But they finished just a couple of games outside of a playoff berth. They reached the Stanley Cup in 0-2-0-3 and lost to the Devils. I actually watched that Stanley Cup. I remember the, that series. Uh, the Ducks never reached those heights again under Disney leadership, who sold the team in 2005. The new owners changed the team name to just the Anaheim Ducks in 2006. And when did they win their first and only Stanley Cup? That year. Just two years after being sold by Disney, and the first year they were simply the Ducks after the 2006-07 season where they defeated the Ottawa Senators in five games. Here you go. The Mighty Ducks champions what a not even the ducks champions what a team they're still around they're still rebuilding quack <laughs> quack quack i would like to go to a ducks game now i would I, go now that i've uh seen this movie yeah i'd go yeah so that's all i got i think okay oh the tagline oh yeah is there a good the one? there's a pretty good one they can't skate they can't win they can't be serious oh that's cute <laughs> yeah so that's all i got with the mighty ducks um got anything else nope final thoughts good movie yeah it was a good movie uh does the mighty ducks make babies first watch list yeah i was gonna joke and say no because we have our friends who are like begging us to watch this movie and are begging us to watch d2 i don't i can't watch d2 yet i I'm need gonna... to i need to let this one sit and ruminate a little bit yeah i really need to analyze it fully i gotta and... make sure i fully understand the mighty ducks before yeah. i get to d2 the mighty ducks yeah and then d3 the mighty ducks yes yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it definitely makes it. It's a good movie. It's fun for kids, even though there's like some slightly risque stuff in it. Yeah, not too bad. But it's not bad. It's like stuff that would kids don't even think about, I feel like. They like have a Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Joke, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. There's a couple curses, yeah. but it's nothing, nothing, crazy. nothing wild. Um, Just, you know, the main character has two references to alcohol in his name, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's the 90s. It's the 90s. This is a, This movie is certainly of the 90s. Mm-hmm. it's like that late it's that 80s hangover period no pun intended i guess definitely into the 90s where it was like it was sort of 80s but we're developing our 90s our 90s attitude 90s swag yeah 90s swag yeah so this was the mighty ducks and next week we are going to do a similar movie uh another oscar contender yeah just like mighty ducks uh, another movie with a director who has had a member of the Sheen family in his films, because Martin Sheen was in The Departed. True. <laughs> We're going to go with Killers of the Flower Moon. So you have a full week to watch the movie, so you should be able to get it done. It, it will. It, we should be able to get it done, We too. should be able to get we'll it done. See. It will probably take us four or five nights. Yeah, probably around uh, there. It's long. It's on Apple TV Plus, at, I think, as this episode comes out. And it's Martin Scorsese. It's... Leonardo DiCaprio, who lost out on the Mighty Ducks role to Joshua Jackson. And he's probably going to lose out on a nomination this he year. He might lose out on an Oscar nomination. Mm -hmm. And then also, stay tuned next week, which we'll talk about in the Killers episode. Uh, Thursday, the 25th, we will be coming out with our Oscar nominations reaction. We're going dark on the 23rd. We're going to have Uncle Nick pee on at night. We're sending in our predictions. We're going to see who got the, uh, the most predictions right. Aaron did one last year, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so we're going to do it again. And we're going to watch all 45 hours of the Killers of the Flower Moon miniseries movie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so thank you for listening to Mighty Ducks, and we will see you next week for our Oscars React and for Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. <laughs>